Imagine being able to ask any question about church issues and practices at any time. Imagine getting a response in 24 hours or less. Imagine a team led by Tom Rayner answering your questions. It's like having your own church consultant on staff, and it's only $14.97 per month. That's only 49 cents per day, and there's no long-term commitment. You can try it today at churchanswers.com slash subscribe. You'll also get a free virtual staff meeting led by Tom Rayner every single month. Again, join us at churchanswers.com slash subscribe. Got church questions? Get church answers. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. What's up and good morning. My name is Josh and you're listening to EST Podcast, the podcast by established church leaders for established church leaders. Micah is on the show today. Micah Freeth from Chattanooga. Micah, how's your day going? It's good, Josh. Having a good morning already. It's a beautiful morning in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And yeah. I had a great weekend. Got to go. Uh, I went two weeks ago to something. We call it the Blue Hole. It's up just north of Chattanooga and went cliff diving and forgot that I had a compressed disc in my back and really messed my back up. <laughs> so after about a week and a half of pain and not being able to walk real well, I was feeling better. So we went back to the Blue Hole on Saturday. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> this weekend. I just didn't jump off any cliffs this time, but my yeah. kids did relentlessly. In fact, we took there was like 30 or 40 of us going. Hmm. We had a blast, man. We had a good time. And then... Um, Yesterday, Friday, Saturday night, and yesterday had incredible worship services. We uh, we had our members meeting last night, and we worshiped for the very first time with our whole church at our new North Georgia campus. It launches this coming weekend, and so it was just a really, really good weekend. I have a ton of questions about your North Georgia uh, campus, but um, you talk about you know hurting your back or whatever. We went to Nicarama, which I don't know if y'all have that it's never heard of that i don't know what that is it's the it's it's the loud side of chuck e cheese without the pizza it's just you go in there so basically the worst part of chuck e cheese without anything decent or redeeming i can't i can't really decide if the pizza is worse than the noise but so we took the kids there in the middle of the day um so it wasn't there was hardly anybody else there but they had this beanbag toss game similar to the like skeet ball type of game and uh i probably played for like an hour I got so many tickets. Kids were so proud. They, this was an exciting thing. I wake up the yes. next day and I can barely walk. I'm like, because of <laughs> beanbag toss. Welcome so, to aging, Josh. I know. It was not fun. I was a little embarrassed, but then I just took some Advil and laid down. So, um, North you. Georgia campus. So, you guys launched that yesterday. We did. Yeah, we sure did. Was this a well, soft no, service no, or the launch? Up. We did not officially launch. We launched next weekend officially. So last weekend and this weekend, we did a soft launch where we didn't advertise. It, it wasn't, I mean, it, if the public wanted to come, they're welcome. I mean, they could have come in, but it wasn't really open to the public. This was just us and our core group getting together and making sure that everything was in place and all the stuff was running like it's supposed to run and then, um, you know, trying to launch from there. Cool. So I think this would make an interesting show topic. I think we could talk about that here in episode 95, the launching of another campus. And a reason I think this might be applicable to more people than just, you know, I can hear people saying, ah, man, Micah's at this, you know, good-sized church. They're going to launch a campus and that sort of stuff. 
But here's there, here's a number of things that I'm noticing. The idea of campusing is not going away. This is a this is more than a fad. It's a movement or it's a shift in the way the churches are operating. And I think that it's happening on different scales. Of course, you've got the Preston Woods of the world or Saddlebacks, and they have multi-huge campuses all over the place. Um, but I'm seeing it even in churches as small as 500 that are campusing over, you know, they have a campus of 100 in rural areas or countywide sort of approaches that's happening. So I think that that's, there's something on that level. Also, there's something on the level of actually considering it from the standpoint of becoming a campus for another church or joining with another church, the idea of being better together. So I think there's a number of reasons why we as established church leaders need to think through this more than just, you know, I think most people shoot from the hip and they're like, oh, I'm against it, or that's awesome, I want one of those, instead of actually thinking through the idea of being one of those. So let's talk a little bit about your North Georgia campus launch. Can you tell us yeah. about the genesis of that and kind of well, where it started before, from? Okay, so definitely, but before I do that, let me back up and say, and kind of speak into what you just talked about for a second, okay. because I think this will be helpful to our listeners, uh, because I think there is an impression that campuses are really big and you do video venue and it's expensive and um, and it's true that that's true for some places and some people, some churches. So, you know, if, if they're able to do that, if they're able to do it well, then that's great and hopefully they reach people. But that's also probably not applicable to the majority of our people listening to this podcast and it's not right. applicable to my situation. That's not what we're doing. We do have a goal of launching a number of campuses, um, but our campuses are small and often led by bivocational leaders, and uh, they don't have huge budgets. Uh, In fact, you and I were talking about it just a few minutes ago, um, salaries and everything, budgets are under $200,000 to launch these campuses, and so um, they're not... I mean, it's not what most people probably think of when they think of campuses. And so I want people, if they think about um, what what campuses look like, our model for campuses is very uh, very influenced by family church down in South Florida. Um, The folks who are who are who are leading just extraordinarily well. Jimmy Scroggins is the senior pastor down there, and and he says it this way, and I think he's right. It's it's less campuses and more a collection of neighborhood churches that intentionally okay. partner together. Okay. And, uh, and, so, and that's what we're doing. We want Brainerd to plant neighborhood churches all over the Chattanooga region, um, but we think there is a way to do it that's more cost-effective when we share some resources. And so we are connected, and we do call them campuses, and they share some governance and some, you know, we share some staff members across campuses and that sort of thing. And it allows us to do this at a lower cost that might be achievable for people who are in smaller church, lower budget. And when I say smaller, I don't mean small church. I just mean smaller than mega churches or giga churches, right? Right. And so in that case, I think it can be um, approachable for the average person who's in, um, who's listening to this. All right, what do you so say, what ahead. do you say to the person who's like, why, why do that? Why not just launch a, a ch- plan a church? Yeah, no, that's great. I say, well, let's do both. I mean, which is what right. we're trying to do right now. We're trying to help plant churches and plant campuses. And frankly, we go back and forth. You'll hear us use interchangeably the plant campuses, plant churches language, because the campuses we're planting are very much like a local church plant. And there's live preaching at every campus. They have a, their own leadership team. Um, so it's, it's very similar to a church plant. 
but it shares resources. And the reason we're doing it the way we're doing it, there's a few reasons why we're doing it the, the way we're doing it. Number one, we believe God's doing something at Brainerd right now that's particular and unique in the Chattanooga area. And for whatever reason, God's blessing Brainerd. And we seem to have um, some sort of mix of our teaching and our understanding of culture and context that seems to be connecting with the Chattanooga area right now. And we want to multiply that and see if we can reach more of Chattanooga. So there's that. Um, but another value in our mind is that it's cheaper to plant campuses than it is to just launch independent autonomous churches. And it's also, we think, healthier to some degree in the long run. And so let me explain both of those. Um, it's cheaper in this sense, that we have staff here at Brainerd who can work across multiple campuses. So our, you know, um, we have folks who help us with our facilities, custodial stuff, facility stuff. We have folks who help us uh, manage our finance, finances in the office. You know what I mean? Those folks. Right. And so when you're planting a church, you have to go out and find people to do all of those things. You either have to hire someone outside the church to do it, or you've got to find volunteers who can do it. And when you get volunteers, they can't always do it well, or they don't have as much time. We're able to spread those resources across multiple campuses, and so it maximizes our resources, and we feel like is a pretty good stewardship of our, of our time and money. Um, the, other, the other value is Paul Lasso is our campus pastor at Brainerd, North Georgia. You know Paul. Love and Paul. Paul's love amazing. Paul. Paul's a stud. Paul is uh, really, really one of the sharp young guys out there. Paul is doing his demon and preaching at Southeastern right now. Just He's a guy that's fantastic, loves Jesus, has character. It's, it's just a really good guy. But Paul also has responsibilities across the church campus. And so he already was on our staff. We were already paying him, and he's going to lead that campus while also still carrying responsibilities on um, across the church as a whole. Well, that allows it to be a little cheaper. We don't have to go out and raise new funds now for a church planter. We're taking somebody who's already on our staff, asking them to lead that campus. And uh, you say, well, how does he do all of that? Well, because by sharing resources... Paul's not the only guy. So let's say someone in Brainerd, North Georgia, goes into the hospital. Well, Paul's not necessarily the guy who has to go visit them in the hospital because we already have a hospital schedule at Brainerd. Mm -hmm. We have a different staff member who goes to the hospital every day. And so um, if someone at Brainerd, North Georgia, goes into the hospital, well, whoever, whatever pastor is going to go visit the hospital that day is going to see the people from Brainerd, Chattanooga, and Brainerd, Eastridge, and Brainerd, North Georgia. Yeah. Uh, You see what I'm saying? So Paul is not having to do that. Paul doesn't have to worry about the facilities upkeep at Brainerd, North Georgia. He doesn't have to worry about payroll and handling the budget at Brainerd, North Georgia. I told Paul, I said, Paul, this is the best of both worlds. You get to go plan a church and you get to focus on just the stuff that you're particularly gifted at doing, leading people, caring for people, preaching the word, teaching the word. That's Paul's responsibility at the campus. And then the other things that we do are already shared across the systems that we've got set up. You say, well, we don't have systems. Sure you do. If you're a church of 50 people, if you're a church of 100 people, you have systems already in place to manage those sort of things. Now, it can be more difficult if you're if you're relying on volunteers often to, to and you're stretched thin, and I get that, and it's not going to be a one-to-one situation for everybody. But just think, we can do more by sharing responsibilities than we can do in isolation. Yeah. And so for us, it's more cost-effective. It allows people to be free to do the things they're good at, and uh, we think we can multiply these campuses fairly rapidly. You know, something that it often gets talked about with resources, which I think is a, you know, a massive benefit to this model. But I just think one of the understated benefits is 
the stability that is borrowed from, in this case, Brainerd, and transferred right. to Brainerd, North Georgia, your Brainerd Baptist Church, the the nucleus, the the main one, is stable and is you know is literally historic and is rooted and, has and so good reputation in the community yeah. and that reputation transfers with us. We so you're did, allowed to give all that over to a smaller right. entity. Mm-hmm. Our uh, our core group from Brainerd, North Georgia, went out on Saturday with door hangers that we had it printed up that had information about the launch Sunday on it. And so they knocked on doors and if they were home, they had a conversation with them and gave them the door hanger. If they weren't home, they just hung it on the door and moved on to the next house. It was amazing. They told me that the vast majority of the people who they talked to, and we mostly hit up apartment complexes right around uh, the Brainerd, North Georgia campus. The vast majority said we've not been an attend- we've never attended that church before, but we saw the sign at Brainerd, we saw the the work that you guys have been doing on the building, and we're planning, or you know, we're interested in it. We know about Brainerd, or maybe even we're com- we're planning to come and visit. Wow! Uh, just the name recognition. They saw mm-hmm. the sign go up that says Brainerd, North Georgia, and it's got the Brainerd blue and the Brainerd logo on it. It's it's recognizable in our area. People know it. It has credibility. Um, and, and church plants have to earn credibility. We already mm-hmm. have credibility. They're just borrowing our credibility. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at our soft launch last week, I had one of my interns with me. We went over and, and did a welcome at the, the very beginning of the service. And when we left, he said, Micah, that just felt like Brainerd. Like, yeah. The music sounded like Brainerd. The, in, the announcements felt like Brainerd. The building looks like Brainerd. The signage looks like Brainerd. Like, man, it just felt like I was a Brainerd. I said, that's the point. We are, we've already figured this stuff out. Like we figured yeah. out how to do signage and how to do welcome and how to do the, the service. And it works really well in Chattanooga. So, you know, we don't have to recreate that stuff. Let's just, exactly. let's just multiply it uh, through this campus and then hopefully through other campuses. Which is the reason why I think that, you know, I'm a big advocate of leadership of churches. Let's say it's a, you know, we always step in it when we're trying to say smaller, larger, whatever. Leadership of churches that are, say, 200 or less yes. in certain regions, like the Dallas area, that's a pretty small church. That's a smaller feeling church, and it just doesn't feel the same. Well, especially I'm a, in, a, in an area where you've got churches of 20,000. Sure. And so I'm an advocate for those churches to consider becoming a campus. Just put it on the table of leadership and saying, what if we did approach this church that's, you know, 15 miles down the road that we really like, we really respect, all of us are listening to the podcast anyways, and we like this people, what if we approached them and talked about it and just said, you know, we're not dying. It's not, a, see, I think that's a thing that a lot of people think that the sort of campusing that you're talking about where you acquire a, an already existing church is uh, that already existing church needs to be dead. And I think that there is some value to just considering what if we were better together, which is kind of – that's not my statement. That's a lot A lot of people talk about it that way. But um, just kind of think through it, and what if we borrowed that credibility or not borrowed it but joined in with that credibility and contributed to a bigger kingdom emphasis instead of, um, you know, pushing our, our, our way here. Now, that's not to say here at Sexy Church we did consider it. Our elders sat down and talked to a couple different suitors, if you want to call it that or something, and um, – it just came to the conclusion that that wasn't the right fit for us. So I'm not saying that that's always the way to go. I just think that it could be a consideration. Yeah, I mean, and I, I definitely think um, I, I, mean, I would never push a church to do this. In fact, we've been approached by about six churches in the last 18 months who have approached us and asked if we would consider it. And so far, we've only said yes to two of them, hmm. um, not because 
I, I, I should back away and say we've only said yes or they've said yes. Like they've approached us and we've met with them and talked to them about it. But I tell them every time up front, we don't pursue churches to do this. We're a fan and an advocate, and we support our local churches. We're for you. The only reason we're interested in doing this is if you really believe this could be helpful to you as we together try and reach our city. If you don't think so, I just told a church this recently. I said, if you don't think this is a good fit, that's great. They invited us in to have the conversation with them. I said, guys, let me be very clear. I'm not here to sell you on this idea. I'm here to tell you what we're trying to do to reach the city. If you think this is a good fit, we'd love to talk to you more about it. But if you don't think it's a good fit, our feelings aren't going to be hurt, and we're going to support you as you try and reach your city. That's my passion and our goal. How do we reach Chattanooga with the gospel? And so we're not trying to build the Brainerd Kingdom. We're not trying to build the Brainerd brand. We care about the kingdom of God. We care about the city of Chattanooga being reached, and we're interested in whatever we can do to help facilitate that. If it's partnering together to be part of a multi-campus philosophy, that's awesome. If it's independent churches being friends and partners together who cheer each other on and help serve each other as in, in every opportunity we can, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Again, the, the goal is not to be multi-site or not or whatever, to be a smaller or larger. The goal is how do we help can reach our city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. At Brainerd, we say, how do we help those who are far from God become committed followers of Jesus Christ so that the gospel can go out from the scenic city to the nations? You know what I mean? That's what mm-hmm. we care about. And yep. uh, right now for us, this is working well. This is a great advantage. We want to keep doing it. But this isn't the only way. In fact, it may not be the primary way. Uh, it's just a way that we can help uh, saturate our city with the gospel. What do you? What have you found? So this is interesting. Um, you've you sat down with you know six. Two have gone through to fruition. Mm-hmm. What are some of the the hangups on the other four, both from your side and the other side? Yeah, so um, I can think of one church that was located in a phenomenal location that was strategic that we thought would be key. Their pastor asked us to come in. He was gung-ho about the idea. The lay leadership was not. Hmm. And uh, and so that one didn't go any further because the lay leadership said, no, we just, we're not sure that this is an advantage. And I told them, I said, that's fantastic. We will support you. In fact, we've sent one of our people over to be on a bivocational staff member mm-hmm. over at their church. Our, our, uh, some of our staff has been meeting regularly with their pastors, just trying to help think through more strategic ways for them to reach their city. So, you know, we mean it when we say, if this isn't a good fit, we're going to cheer you on and we will come alongside you and help. Hmm. Uh, and so that was one example. Another example, um, you know, a, a church reached out to us. Their facility was really in a bad location with no parking. They carried a large amount of debt. And um, they wanted us to fund their pastor's current salary for an extended period of time. And it, it, there were just financially, it just was not a good situation for us. And strategically, it just didn't make as much sense to be able to reach the community. So that, mm-hmm. was, that was another example. There's all sorts of reasons why it may or may not work. I think that's interesting. Very good. So when you're looking for a person... Is there a certain characteristic or personality style that would fit in being a campus pastor? I think it's going to very much depend on the model that you're trying to use. Um, are you trying to – are you using a video venue model or are you using live preaching? Are you mm-hmm. trying to aggressively grow a really large congregation or – I mean, just what, what's your model? I would say this um, – Obviously, the biblical qualifications, I'm not trying, I'm not going to belabor those points because I'm going to hope that we all assume those are common characteristics, right? That, that's, that's ground zero. But beyond that, I would say um, having someone who is a self-starter is a significant uh, uh, value. Someone who's a self-starter who's entrepreneurial, 
Mm -hmm. Um, You need someone who's going to be committed to that. You need someone who is a relentless team player who says, I'm not just doing my own thing. I'm part of a group of people and and understands that, yes, they are going to be kind of doing their own thing, but we're also providing money and support and other things along with them. So they are working on a team. And uh, so I think that's part of it. You know, looking for someone who's definitely going to lead that campus in a way that's consistent with our values and our processes and our systems at Brainerd. I mean, that's a that's a really important characteristic. And I'll tell you, honest to goodness, this is not just true of a campus pastor. This is true of every staff member. I'll take someone who's less qualified, less skilled, less educated, but is on the team and cares about um, walking together with us. I'll take that person. And who's teachable, I'll take that person every day over the more skilled, more educated, even maybe better prepared person. Hmm. Because team is what matters here. It's a significant, and truthfully, that matters in every staff position. It really uh, you does. know, we've talked about this before. I think uh, comp- character, competency, calling, and camaraderie. Four things I'm looking for with the staff. Camaraderie is the team element. Do we get along? Right. Are they on board? Do they want to track in the direction that we're tracking? Um, so, you know, that's that's what we're looking for. And how do you determine that? Like, Paul came from your staff, and mm-hmm. Paul's just one of those cats that, like, as soon as you're around him, you're like, I love this guy. Yeah. But yeah, Paul, um, if you dislike Paul, something's wrong with you. Yeah, you're just, just not safe. Nobody does. So Paul. Um, <laughs> he'll probably get embarrassed that we're talking about him. He like will. This. I guess, he, listens, <laughs> he listens to the podcast every week. I don't think I'm going to even tell him we talked about him. And just don't. Don't. What's his this. Twitter handle? Everybody needs uh, to follow Paul. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's talk about that. Let me get let me get his Twitter handle here real quick. Paul Lasso is his name. Right. It's at Paul underscore Lasso, L-A-S-O. Everybody give him a shout out. And, yeah, um, you know, as soon as you start following him, just tag him and say, man, I love Paul. Paul's great. So Paul's the, the but if you're not, if, if you don't have a Paul just kind of hanging out there, just working hard, being a team player, had, have you seen, and I know you're, you're connected to a lot of um, folks that are doing this model. How do they find those guys? Like, um, yeah, what was it? Uh, you know, Bridge just brought on. No, it wasn't Bridge, but um, Jacob just went over to to uh, Journey in Lebanon. Journey in Lebanon. Yeah. I love Jacob. Real impressed with him. You can tell love. you're not from there because you just said Lebanon. Lebanon, right? Lebanon. It's Lebanon. <laughs> you don't even have to say the A. It's Lebanon. Lebanon. N O N. You can tell I used to live there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, Lebanon. It's Lebanon. It's Lebanon. like uh, it's 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 like Norfolk, Nebraska, or Virginia. If you're not from there, you say Norfolk. If you're from I there, was born in Norfolk. It's Norfolk. That's exactly yep. right. I was born there. To live so. there. So how do you find these? What what do you? Is it just like a lot of coffees, or is it sitting in their homes? How do you? Yeah, what are you I looking would for? Say the number one way you find them is from within your staff. Mm. It's number one, and it's not even close. Um, it's uh, it's absolutely the number one way you find them. And uh, even if it means you ask them to take on something extra on top of what they're already doing, the number one way you find them is from within your staff. Uh, Which I think that this is this is a real key that I think a lot of people miss. They'll think that, and I don't care the size of the regular attendance of a church. It can be larger, it can be smaller. But it's not so much the number of people that are sitting in the pews that says whether or not a church is ready to campus, if, if that's the that's model right. that they want to ascribe to. It really is that pipeline. It really is that development of leaders because you can't just take a small stable and then put a bunch of weight back on it. You have to have 
younger, you know, more horses and younger horses ready to go because it's just it's a matter of extending out the ministry and not just moving, you know, a few hundred butts from this room to that room 10 miles down the road. I'll also That's, say this. I'll also mm-hmm. say this. Churches that are doing not just campuses, but churches that are doing mission well, that are growing tend to have staff members who carry more responsibilities and uh, they often tend to scale down even in staffing. In other words, they tend to not be super heavy in staffing. And um, their, their staffing tends to be very productive. And, um, and so you say, well, I, you know, we're a smaller church. I'm not sure we can swing that. You, you probably can swing more than you think, but it's going to require you probably reprioritizing what you do as a staff. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of the, the struggle. Uh, when I got to Brainerd, I felt like we were probably too heavy as a staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been working to reduce our staff to members, our staff to attendance ratio since I got here. And by doing that, we just ask staff members often to carry extra responsibilities rather than hiring additional staff uh, to carry those responsibilities. And usually the ones, the, the cream of the crop will rise in those sort of settings. And it's a lot more fun when you're when you're pushing mission instead of pushing events and yeah. those sort of things. So I don't I don't usually find that to be such a problem when you're asking staff to take on more because this is exciting. There's more to do. And um, most ministers kind of key up on that. Yeah. What are the totally dangers? Understand. Here's something that you kind of talked about earlier with Scroggins, and um, I'll even bring up Calvary Inglewood over in the Denver area. They They really do approach this less as – the campus is not so much an extension of the nucleus church, but more like a collection of autonomous churches that come together, like a family of churches. And I know that is what Calvary Inglewood or Calvary in the Denver area does specifically. Those are autonomous churches right. that come together. Yes. But what would you say to somebody who would say, isn't there a lot of danger in that? You know, if, if Brainerd North Georgia, let's say, just runs off and they decide to embrace some sort of um, heresy doesn't that affect the whole <laughs> well if, if actually I would say we're probably better equipped to handle that than if they were autonomous okay um, completely autonomous in the sense that Brainerd has a 90-year legacy I mean we'll be 90 in November we have wow. Brainerd we have Brainerd has a 90-year legacy of biblical and theological fidelity and uh, if Brainerd North Georgia starts running off in that direction we simply deal with it because the ultimate governance over all of our campuses is right here and mm-hmm. I, you know, I grew up in a highly autonomous culture, and, and I still struggle with it a little bit because autonomy is almost core value for me. And, sacrosanct, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's almost sacrosanct. And yet, when you look in the New Testament, certainly you see <laughs> autonomy, but you see a high, much higher level of interconnectedness than we practice probably today in our autonomous environments. Mm-hmm. In Acts 15, the Jerusalem Council, these are leaders gathering together and determining parameters, theological and biblical parameters for the whole. I mean, you see Paul exerting influence and authority over various congregations, uh, Peter doing the same. I, so I, 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 think, I mean, Paul I mean, tells Timothy to. He tells he him to he go and appoint the, elders. Appoint the elders in Ephesus, right? So that's, that's, that's not completely autonomous right there. you no, got to rethink that not. a little bit. So, so I think, I mean, I'm a, I value autonomy, but I, I think maybe we've almost prized autonomy to the point that we've put ourselves in a position where we're in bad shape. Mm-hmm. to deal with issues like heresy, whereas if something pops up at Brainerd, North Georgia that's heretical, though Paul's not going to be, you know, Paul's not going to have to worry about that. I mean, we're not Man, I love Paul. With Paul, right. <laughs> but if it were to happen, well, we've got a pastoral lead team who would deal with it, and our pastoral right. lead team deals with all of Brainerd, wherever you mm-hmm. happen to find Brainerd at. 
And Brainerd is becoming a very multifaceted, multilingual, multi-venue, multi-campus church. And, and, it's, mm-hmm. and it's happening fairly rapidly. I mean, we're pretty excited about what God's doing in that regard. Yeah, I think that's cool. Any other hang-ups that, you know, fears in this model that would maybe make it not the choice for other people? Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's risks involved. There's fears. I mean, we plant this thing, and let's say it doesn't take off like we want it to, and now it's a financial drain on the budget. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a risk. We have to deal with that, you know. And what Mm -hmm. we've tried to do is create a model that's very thin financially, that's really low cost, uh, and that's why we only have one full-time staff member um, when we launch this campus. We do have two other staff members who are part-time. Uh, one of which is just bivocational, and he's our worship leader, and we, you know, he's a part-time bivocational. The other person is part-time in our kids area. By the way, we this is on the recommendation of others. We we hired a kids uh, ministry director before we did youth, um, and there's yeah. a lot of reasons for that we can talk about later. But totally agree. She works across our whole church in kids ministry and as a uh, receptionist at our church, and so her portion of North Georgia is a very little, small portion of their budget. Um, but what we did is we tried to create something that off the bat was very low income and required very low amount of financial commitment from those who are attending that campus and um, so that we can scale it up. We'd much rather scale up. That is, by the way, one of the issues. A lot of times people try and start big and grand and expensive, and then they're forced to scale back. We don't want that to happen for us. We want to start mm. low and thin financially and low risk, and we want to scale up. We think that's the better, better plan. So we've got about a minute left on this particular episode, but, and this might be obvious, but in both positions, the lead person at the main campus, the lead yeah. person at one of the campuses, what do they give up? What does Micah give up with the launch oh, of the gosh. North Georgia? Well, I mean, you know, I'm not very much involved in the actual worship over there. I, I don't know if I'll ever get to be a part of a worship service over there. I mean, mm-hmm. launch Sunday is this weekend. I won't be there for launch Sunday. I'll be right, at our Chattanooga be, campus. I'll be yeah, preaching Chattanooga. at our Chattanooga campus. And they're, they're going to launch with two services this weekend. And then we're probably going to scale back to one service. We'll see. We think we're going to have enough people that will have one good, really full service. But, but for launch weekend, we're doing two. Well, they're going to happen at the same time as our services here. So I can't really be there for that. Um, for the campus pastor, I would say it is exciting in many senses. I'm getting to launch a campus or a church and I get to preach and I get to care about past people and, and not have to worry about facilities and finance and that sort of st- stuff. So that's good. But you do give up being the authority. I mean, you give up getting to, to chart direction. You give up getting to pick what sermons you're preaching because all of our campuses, you know, they're all preaching the same sermon every weekend. We prepare that sermon together. And, uh, and so, I mean, you do give up some of those things and, uh, and there's more that you have to give up, but mm-hmm. that's just part of the reality. Yep. And that's kingdom work. You have to sacrifice some of your preferences and, and you know, interest. That's right. But that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to EST. Make sure you're subscribing on iTunes, Google Play. We're on Spotify. You can even tell Amazon Alexa to, uh, you know, play the EST. So I hope you do. And we'll catch you next week. Peace. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Dern as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher or listen online at lifewaypastors.com.